You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what is going on? As always, it is your boy, your host, Sosa Cremendez. I'm a fantasy analyst at PFF and your host here at the Locked On Rams podcast, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams and part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Do you guys have any fantasy football questions that you need answered before your draft? Don't miss Locked On Fantasy Live on Wednesday, August 18th at 9 p.m. Eastern streaming on the Locked On NFL YouTube page. Subscribe now so you do not miss it. Our stable of fantasy experts will answer your questions live. Just submit them ahead of time to at Locked On Network on Twitter. Welcome to your second post-game recap episode here. Man, it feels really good to finally be back in the vibe here with the NFL returning. We're finally watching football games again. And the first preseason week has officially wrapped up. Every single NFL team has played. And this episode is going to be dedicated to giving you guys A little bit of an update from what happened in that game, of course. We have the in-depth PFF numbers, which I definitely want to dive into. I think these oftentimes tell a story that sometimes we don't get in the live games. And not only that, but it's hard to really try and pick up everything in a preseason game where you don't just have 53-man rosters. You have 85, 90-man rosters. So that is the first thing that we're going to dive into, as well as... An injury update, which I quickly want to jump into ahead of those numbers. And the only one that I could find was wide receiver Ben Skoranek, who the Rams drafted in the seventh round out of Notre Dame. He broke his forearm at some point in the game yesterday, and there is no timetable for his return right now. I'm not exactly sure how long that type of an injury will keep him out, but it's obviously not good for his chances in terms of making the roster. And I think now when you look at that end of the roster type of wide receiver situation there, Skoranek probably could have made the roster as a special teams contributor because I think that's why the Rams really drafted him in the seventh round. And now there's question marks there. Of course, he's not going to be able to show off any of his prowess throughout the next preseason games. You would assume he's going to be out for at least two weeks, I'm guessing. And now you look at a guy like Tristan Jackson, who has had some pretty good reviews from training camp and scores a touchdown, the first touchdown in SoFi Stadium in 2021, maybe there's some question marks now about, is Skoranek going to be a guy that still makes the roster? Is he a guy that the Rams are going to try to stash on the practice squad? And does this improve Tristan Jackson's chances to make this roster as the sixth wide receiver? Or do the Rams still just want to go with five guys there? And of course, Tutu Atwell being the fifth and electing to play the numbers game at a different position, and then maybe trying to stash one or two of those guys on the practice squad. Not really sure how the numbers are going to shake out there for the Rams, but obviously not an ideal scenario for Ben Skoranek. But other than that, it sounds like the Rams came out of this game relatively healthy, and that's obviously good for a team that's kind of had some bad injury luck so far. Now we can dive into some of the numbers that I've dug up here from PFF. And of course, you know, we didn't get to really deep dive into anything. And it's always hard to just be able to watch these guys all live at the same time, trying to know who's playing well, who's not playing well. So these numbers are great for that reason. And we can begin right at the quarterback position. And our preconceived notions have basically been panned out by the grades here as well. You look at Bryce Perkins, who I think if you asked anyone who watched that game, who had the better game out of the two quarterbacks between Bryce Perkins and Devlin Hodges, it was definitely Perkins. And now you look at the grades, they also say that 57.7 for Perkins, not great, 
but a lot better than the 48.1 Devlin Hodges had. And of course, we know that Perkins also brings the ability to move around with his feet. So another important facet there. That kind of begs the question now. Will the Rams keep three quarterbacks on their active roster or are they going to try to keep two and maybe stash a third guy on the practice squad, which is typically how teams would do it. And if they do elect to do that, which guy is it going to be? I think after this first game, it's very clearly Bryce Perkins is in the lead, but at the same time, there's still two more games. And of course, I don't have all the eyes on training camp practices. So maybe Hodges was more impressive in practices. Maybe he wasn't. I'm not certain on that, but I think when you look at just the game, it was very clear that Bryce Perkins was the superior option there. And I think that he definitely has the leg up as we go into the second game. Now, moving into the backfield, not a great performance by anybody here. Like I mentioned, Bryce Perkins brings the mobility aspect with his legs. And ironically enough, he had the highest rushing grade of anyone on the Rams with a 71.9. When you look at the running backs, Raymond Calais, the next one up, the first running back, the highest graded runner, 68.8 grade. And the lowest graded runner was Jake Funk with a 57.8. So not exactly an impressive performance by any of these guys, of course. Nobody had more than 25 yards rushing. So obviously not a tremendous performance by anybody. But Raymond Calais forced a missed tackle as well as Jake Funk. And again, Bryce Perkins led the way with two missed tackles forced. The dude is something else, man. He is so fun to watch. And I think that he definitely deserves a spot so far on that practice squad at the very minimum. So the running back room, not exactly tremendous by anybody. I don't think anyone really separated themselves or much changed in this room going into the next game. It still feels like Xavier Jones is the running back two. Jake Funk, probably the running back three, not necessarily because he's going to get a bunch of touches and opportunities to run the ball, but more so because he has that big frame that maybe Daryl Henderson and Xavier Jones don't necessarily have, and that's going to allow him to maybe stay in there on third downs to help pass block and things like that. So he will have a role, I'm assuming, but it's going to be different than the other guys, and he did struggle in his first game, but again, like we mentioned on yesterday's episode, the offensive line could not get any movement in the running game, and that made everybody's life much more difficult in the running back room. So no surprises, no tremendous standouts there, and that does do it for that section of the roster we're now going to dive into the offensive line like we just talked about those guys not that great of a performance but at the same time a handful of guys actually stood out according to the grades jordan meredith a guard with the highest pass blocking grade in 85.1 and coleman shelton a center with an 81.3 pass blocking grade and then you look at the two running backs 76.9 for jake funk and 76.9 for xavier jones as well you really can't complain. I mean, no pressures allowed by any of those four guys. Obviously, a very good performance by all of those guys, especially Meredith and Coleman Shelton, who are probably fighting for backup spots on this offensive line. And when you can put together such a good performance like that, 17 pass blocking reps for Meredith, 19 for Coleman Shelton, no pressures allowed. That is always going to serve you up well. Anytime you can put up a zero, no pressures, that is a good thing. You look at some of the other guys, Alaric Jackson, for example, the undrafted tackle out of Iowa, allowed the most pressures on this offensive line with three. You look at Chandler Brewer, another guy that was undrafted at guard, three pressures as well. Bobby Evans, not that great of a performance, also allowed a pressure. Tremaine Ankrum, two pressures allowed on his own as well. So not exactly the best performance by these guys, especially when it came to the ground game and the rushing attack. 
But as pass protectors, they weren't exactly bad. And I think we now have an idea in terms of who we should look out for going into the next game. Of course, now we have to look at is Jordan Meredith a guy that can win a backup job, maybe as a center or as a guard? And is Coleman Shelton a guy that maybe is already solidified as a backup, but could he potentially work his way into maybe fighting Brian Allen for some potential starting time at that center position? Not necessarily saying one game is good enough to do that, but at the same time, if Brian Allen doesn't pan out all that well, and you have a guy in Coleman Shelton who plays very good in the preseason, it's definitely something we can think about moving forward. It's going to do it for the offensive side of the ball. In the next segment, we're going to dive into the defense and highlight some standout performers on that side of the ball. And of course, you guys can come connect with us on Twitter for all the coverage you need on the Los Angeles Rams. You can find us at QB's MEP and the page at Locked on Rams. I know a lot of you guys just watched that game. And if you guys want to be able to bet on these types of games as well as other sports, make sure to check betonline.ag, one of our sponsors for today's episode. There are so many sports going on right now. Like I mentioned, the NFL, I personally had a few parlays going today as well as over the last few days watching some of these games. They were super fun. Unfortunately, no wins for me, but you could go bet on bet online and have a lot more fun with these games, make it a little bit more interesting. And that's not the only sport that they have. Of course, they have the MLB, the NBA, NHL, and all your UFC and MMA action. All you have to do is just get on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their run to the 2021 NFL season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to the second segment here of this Monday episode of the Locked On Rams podcast. It's kind of throwing me off here. I feel like it's a Tuesday episode, but of course it isn't. We had one yesterday, which was a Sunday episode. It's kind of throwing my week off, but at the same time, I love it. We got six episodes coming this week. Anytime we can get on this mic and chop it up about Rams football, it's a good time. So you look at the defensive side of the ball, and I think very bad first drive, of course, for the Rams. I think the Chargers had a 20-play drive, which is just absurd. Now, at least they were able to keep them out of the end zone, which is good. But again, 20-play drive, you definitely don't want to see that. So not a tremendous performance there. But at the same time, they only allowed 13 points as a unit. And I think there was a handful of guys that really made their presences felt in this game. And you got to begin with the run defense statistics here. Justin Lawler, as we expected, he led the way with tackles for loss plus tackles for no gain with two. And he was the only guy with two or more on the entire roster. So not only did he make his presence felt as a pass rusher, but he was also stepping in there as a run defender. And I can't even express how impressed I am with this dude because he comes back from all these severe injuries and two to three years of completely lost NFL time due to injuries. And he steps out on the field. I didn't even remember he was on the roster at this point. And that's the kind of performance that he puts together. I think you got to take your hat off for this guy. And not only that, it's not only a feel-good story, but he's 100% working his way into not only a roster spot, but potentially a legitimate role in that edge rusher position. The only other three players to record a tackle for loss or a tackle for no gain were defensive tackle George Silvanic, safety J.R. Reed, and another safety in Troy Warner. So not exactly a tremendous standout performance by anybody other than Lawler maybe in this run defense aspect. But at the same time, you don't just get too many of these opportunities. We know that. And at the end of the day, I was very impressed with J.R. Reed, like I mentioned on yesterday's episode too. 
This guy was flying to the ball, and that tackle for loss that he had in the running game, it came early in the game. I think it was in the first quarter. Really showed me something. This dude was like a missile flying to the ball, and ironically enough, he was the highest-graded defender for the Rams, according to PFF, too. So clearly a guy that maybe we need to look out for. So moving on to the pass-rushing statistics, and lo and behold, Justin Lawler led the way once again with four total pressures, and it was very clear that his impact was felt as a pass rusher because this guy was just different. I mean, he was consistently getting back there as a pass rusher. He got hits on quarterbacks. He got a couple of hurries. The dude is clearly ready to play football, and I'm loving seeing everything about that. You look at some of the grades, the top two graded players for the Rams in a pass rushing aspect, Marquise Copeland, defensive interior, 76.8 grade, and Jonah Williams, another interior defensive lineman with a 75.2. I love seeing all these guys that maybe I don't know much about or maybe that I don't know anything about step up because these guys are legitimately fighting for roster spots, and if they continue to impress, there's definitely a way that they can at least get onto the practice squad, if not another team's 53-man roster, or best of all, maybe the Rams' 53-man roster. Jonah Williams, not only did he have a good grade, but he came in second with three total pressures on the defense, and after him was Eric Banks with two, and then a bunch of names totaling one pressure, guys like Chris Garrett, Michael Hoyt, Ernest Jones, Ernest Brown, Max Roberts, John Daka, a couple of guys there, but I think when you look at the pass rushers in general, it was a handful of those interior linemen that were undrafted, of course, guys like Justin Lawler, That really stood out in this aspect. I thought Eric Banks played a really good game too. Number 98, another interior defensive lineman. And I think these guys just proved, you know, that they were going to try to get after the quarterback and they were going to do whatever they had to do to sort of pin their ears back and try to apply pressure. And of course, there's only so many snaps you get. So you only have a small window that you could potentially make an impact in. But I think a lot of these guys had a very solid game, not only as pass rushers, but also as run defenders. And you really can't ask for much more. So shout out to those guys for playing well. And of course, that's not it for the defense. Maybe the most important part of the defense, the coverage aspect. And the Rams sort of struggled, especially in the first drive in a coverage aspect, especially when you look at guys like Ernest Jones. He had a 434 Pass coverage grade, not good. That was the third lowest. Guys like Paris Ford, Jake Gervais, the two lowest on the team. Bronte Harris, the fourth lowest. You look at the opposite side of the spectrum. The same names that we've been pointing out all day, even going back to yesterday's episode. J.R. Reed, the safety with the highest coverage grade of any defender for the Rams, 83.3. Justin Lawler, surprise, surprise, a 75.2, the second highest. And some of the other names that ranked up there in the top five, Juju Hughes, Donovan Olumba, and Tyler Hall, who the Rams just signed like four or five days ago. So shout out to him for being able to come in that quickly and play some snaps. And not only that, but also be effective. Now, Harris, I'm sure we all seen, was often targeted in this game. He was the highest targeted player with nine targets in his direction. He allowed six receptions for 37 yards. So not bad. It wasn't all that terrible. But at the same time, he did get beat over the top on a vertical shot that probably should have been a touchdown had Chase Daniel not overthrown it. So needs to get a little bit closer in terms of that coverage. But all in all, not a bad performance for an undrafted guy. You look at Ernest Jones. I feel like maybe I'm missing something because a lot of fans, especially while I was looking on Twitter and watching the game, thought that he was having a great game. And I've seen a lot of stock ups for him and, you know, three or four or five star performances. 
And I personally thought that he didn't play that great. And according to the grades here at PFF, he didn't play all that great either. So in my opinion, you know, I think he flashed a little bit. There was that great stop he had on a screen pass where he was the only defender to sniff it out. And he was there in a blink. He seen that coming from a mile away. Stuff like that. I mean, he clearly had some good speed out on the field as well. Some nice closing speed. But at the same time, you've seen the deficiencies in coverage, in my opinion. He got beat. A handful of times in coverage, one of them was on a Texas route where the running back sort of comes out of the backfield on an angle where he looks like he's going to run to the flat and then he hard cuts back to the middle of the field. He got toasted on one of those routes and it was pretty early in the game and I just think that's where he struggles to win and you know, training camp had me thinking maybe I was wrong, maybe it was trending in the other direction and Ernest Jones was developing as a coverage player. But you look at this game, the coverage grade was not great. He was beaten four times on six targets for 22 yards. So again, not very bad. But at the same time, I just definitely think when you see him out there, it looks a little bit slow in man-on-man coverage. Maybe a different story in zone. We're going to have to keep our eyes on that moving forward. But at the same time, definitely think my evaluation feels a little bit true right now in terms of you probably want this guy playing either in zone coverage, spot dropping in zone, so knowing where he has to go and immediately going there and just staying in his zone, or going forward and trying to play the run. But all in all, I think it was a good performance for the defense. A lot of individual players standing out. And of course, there are a handful of guys that we have circled on the roster now that we definitely have to look out for moving forward and moving into these next few games. It's going to do it for this segment of this recap and breakdown from this game between the Rams and the Chargers. I appreciate you guys for listening. Make sure to check back into tomorrow's episode and moving forward throughout the rest of the week when my guy Brad Motter joins the podcast. He's going to share his thoughts about this game as well as our preview for the next game going into preseason week two for the Los Angeles Rams. So please make sure to check in for that as well as for everything else you need to know about your Los Angeles Rams. The fitness industry is so confusing and oversaturated with so much BS information. I think that I have the right to say that as a person who has lost 155 pounds over the last three or so years. And I know it always comes down to your protein intake. You need to be able to eat enough protein to be satiated and to continue burning fat, but at the same time, retaining as much muscle mass as possible. And I'm so glad that I have something to share with you guys called the Built Bar. They are by far the best protein bars on the market. They're so delicious. They have nine different flavors. You can't really get bored because they have so much variety. They're also healthy, low in calories, low in sugar. They have 19 grams of protein per bar. They're high in fiber, and they even work for you on a keto diet. You even get a free cooler with your purchase while the supplies last. All you have to do is just go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Folks, are you having any car troubles? I know if you own a car, you've probably went through the process of something random breaking on your car, getting frustrated, calling up your mechanic. He needs four, five, seven, ten business days for it to come in. Insanely expensive prices. You don't have to deal with this anymore. You can go to Rock Auto, one of our sponsors for today's episode. They are a family-owned business, and they've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They have everything you can imagine, I promise you. They have your make, your model, anything you need for your car. The list is truly never-ending. All you have to do is just go to their website and check out all their available parts. Amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. 
rockauto.com and write locked on in their how did you hear about us so they know that we sent you betting on the nfl doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new locked on bets podcast hosted by your boy q and handicapping expert lee sterling get daily picks blowout specials wrong team favorite picks and lee sterling's lock of the day follow the locked on bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts Welcome back to the final segment here of this Monday episode of the Locked On Rams podcast. I am your host, Sosa Kremenges, and I appreciate you guys for sticking around this long. We're going to get into the final segment here, and I'm going to hand out my four stars for this game. I was initially going to do three, but I just, I think there's one too many here. I got to do four. Maybe in the season, we'll dial it down to three stars of the game, but right now, we're going to stick with four, and... It was a pretty even matchup for these guys, two on the offense, two on the defense, and I guess we can begin with the offensive standout performers, the two guys that are going to get my star in this game. Quarterback Bryce Perkins, definitely think he widened the gap between himself and Duck Hodges in this game. He looked and sort of gave that John Wolford-like vibe from a few seasons ago where He's going to move around in the pocket. He's going to use his legs. He can create on the ground with his legs. He can throw the ball. And he's going to try to extend plays and use some of that excitement factor where there's no better time to show it off than in the preseason. And maybe no play was a better example of that than when he stiff arms a guy, hurdles another defender on third and nine, and moves the chains all on his own with that crazy effort. You got to give your hats off to this guy, a tremendous first game performance, and I definitely think as it stands right now, he is by far the leader in the clubhouse for the quarterback three job. Now, the other standout performer on the offensive side of the ball, I had to go with tight end Jacob Harris. This guy had a tremendous game. Of course, he pulled in a handful of passes. I believe it was four receptions for 43 yards, but there was a handful of other plays that didn't count, and if you didn't watch the game, you wouldn't have known that he made but could have easily been, you know, completions or touchdowns and would have made his stat line look absurd. I mean, this guy caught a 21-yard touchdown that was ruled out of bounds and it was very far out to be fair, but I love just seeing the skills, working vertical, being used as a solo side receiver there and stacking a corner and being able to track the football over his shoulder. Absolutely love that. There was a handful of other plays, maybe two times where he got open and Bryce Perkins could not hit him on one. It was, I believe, on the right side of the field. He ran something like an out or a dig or something, and he had him, and Perkins just didn't give him an accurate pass. It was like a third and seven or a third and nine or something like that, and Jacob Harris clearly beat his defender, and if he's given a good pass, he probably catches that pass, and the Rams convert and, of course, stay on the field for that drive, and then there was the Duck Hodges. I believe it was the interception in the red zone drive. One of those plays, one of the announcers said that Jacob Harris got open late in that play for a potential touchdown. And of course, Hodges didn't find him. But then again, another potential touchdown there. Harris clearly showed his ability to get open, work vertical, use his athleticism. The guy looks like a legitimate weapon for this team. And that's why he gets my second star. Now we're going to move to the defensive side of the ball. The two players that I thought stood out here, probably no surprise to anybody. The first one, Justin Lawler, a tremendous performance. You got to feel good for this guy. Finally finding his way back onto the field, performing well, being a standout pass rusher, run defender. He impacted the game in every way possible. And you just got to love to see it because the Rams have question marks at edge. And I'm not necessarily saying that Justin Lawler is suddenly going to be, you know, their second best edge rusher. Maybe, maybe not. But 
at the end of the day, you can never complain about somebody stepping up and seizing an opportunity where they see fit. And ultimately, right now, the Rams have question marks, like I said, at edge. Is Oboe Okoronko going to stay healthy? Terrell Lewis is hardly practicing. His knee is clearly an issue. And is Justin Hollins a guy you can really rely on? Can he take that next step in his development? A lot of questions. And now you get Justin Lawler potentially buying himself some playing time, some opportunities. Can't ask for much more when it comes to that edge rusher spot. The last player that's going to get my star on the defensive side of the ball, safety J.R. Reed. This guy was not somebody that I was familiar with throughout the offseason. There was a lot of names that the Rams added in the undrafted process in that safety position. Guys like Troy Warner, Paris Ford, everyone was talking about these guys. Nobody mentioned J.R. Reed. And in my opinion, he had by far the best performance out of any of these guys yesterday, similar to a Juju Hughes, who undrafted guy, comes in, he's going to make his mark felt on special teams, he's going to find a way to somewhat be an impact player on defense, and definitely can stick around as a special teamer, as a practice squad player, maybe as depth on the back end, you have to love to see it, a guy that is in a loaded position for the Rams right now, that nobody was talking about, nobody mentioned, and he's finding a way to step up and show out, even with all of these other names and everyone focusing on these other guys. Going to do it for this Monday episode here at the Locked On Rams pod. Make sure to check back every single day here as well as go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're officially on YouTube. We're going to start our daily episodes there very, very soon. As soon as I get everything situated, hopefully within the next week, I'm about 99% sure we'll be up in the next week, uploading daily episodes there, just like we do here on your favorite podcast platform. Make sure to check back in throughout the rest of the week. We're going to give you We're going to get our guy Brad Motter to share everything he thought about this game as well as our preview and everything you need to know prepping for the next game preseason week two for the Los Angeles Rams. Of course, you guys can come connect with us on Twitter at QB's MVP and at Lockdown Rams. And please subscribe or follow to get our latest episodes, content, breaking news, and a whole lot more.